Hello, welcome to Chance Time, a generic video game podcast hosted by myself, Ryan Speakman. And usually we have three people, but today all we have is Paul Bills. I will do my best to be two people. (laughs) That also sounded really mean, like uh, all we have is this one guy. (laughs) But I didn't mean it like that. I just mean that the Curtis le- is gone. What were you going to say? Hashtag worse. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the lesser of the no. two other hosts. <laughs> In my mind, we're all three equal heads on the same body. Yes, we are the chance time head. The holy <laughs> chance time head. Well, I don't even know if I have any banter for us. Some, some, what do we call it? The preamble? Yeah, I don't. You were playing Overwatch before this? I was playing Overwatch before this. Uh, apparently, we're back into Overwatch, guys. So, Incredible. that's fun. New characters are fun. I haven't played in a long time, so there's like four new characters for me to try. They're all they're all pretty fun. Are you so good uh, job, team? Are you watching Loki? I am. What do you think? Uh, yeah, like I mean, it, it, kind of the same as all the Marvel shows. Like I I enjoy it. I like that it's there, but but it's not like it's not extraordinary, but it's fun. <laughs> interesting um, I, and i am i am curious where they're going with it yeah i think it is extraordinary okay compared to everything else i i think loki is the sort of writing that i enjoy yeah in a marvel show of just like like the scene i mean oh go ahead yeah i'm definitely liking it better than secret invasion fair uh, and Tom, I like that Tom Hiddleston is is doing it like it's still 2012, and Loki is everybody's absolute favorite. Like he's still committing just as hard to the character, even though we're clearly at a very different time than you know the peak of Tom Hiddleston as Loki back in Avengers One. But he his commitment has not faltered at all, and I really respect that. Like he's I, still playing the heck out of that character. Yeah, I appreciate it too. <laughs> uh, and just real quick, a final preamble, if you will. Yes. Just your one sentence review of Ahsoka. Uh, one sentence review. Um, this is awkward. Pause. Lord of Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. <laughs> It's right. my one sentence review of Ahsoka. All right. Or should I say Lord of the Star Wars? That's probably better. Uh, my review, I guess, is the worst season of Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> also also fair. But that doesn't that doesn't mean I didn't like it. I just want to get that get that out there. But I, as good. Yeah, I think compared to Star Wars Rebels, the entirety 
one episode of that show might have been better than the whole series of Ahsoka. <laughs> also, they got to stop giving these Star Wars people the reins of everything. Dave Filoni has too much power. You heard it here first. <laughs> he needs a writer's room. He should not be writing these by himself. But he saved Star Wars. I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast or not. I'm ready for it. But it's very funny to watch Star Wars basically do the nothing's working, put the JV team in. That seems to be the strategy right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, like the varsity team screwed up, but our JV team is undefeated. Let's just put them in. And let's, like, all this stuff that's been, like, secondary Star Wars is now the main Star Wars. <laughs> And, like, it seems like all their hopes and dreams are now riding on Dave Filoni and the Mandoverse, and we're, like, giving up on whatever used to be main Star Wars, and this is Star Wars now. And if you weren't on board before, like me, you're now super confused, but <laughs> you just gotta catch up. Or not watch Star Wars anymore. <laughs> Which I don't, yeah, I, I don't think that's a, a real option right. for them. <laughs> um, yeah. I, just a curious thing. I was curious about Secret Invasion and some previous Marvel shows, but specifically Secret Invasion, where I thought there were some really good scenes in Secret Invasion, but as a whole, I was kind of like, I don't know how I feel about this. And so I did a bit of digging. And I looked up all of the writers who were making that show, and Secret Invasion was like 90% of those writers' first project on IMDb. Mm, interesting. And so I have a theory. And recently, before the strike, I remember Kevin Feige said something about like, yeah, we gotta we gotta focus on hiring good writers. And like shell out money for that now. That's our current plan. And I just have a feeling that they were just kind of like being like, hey, as long as we have Samuel L. Jackson, we can do whatever we want and this will be a fine show. <laughs> but I don't know. It was just interesting to me to kind of like look that up and be like, oh, they really were saving money on writers. But I digress. I mean, it's hard to even tell what from Secret Invasion will matter in the MCU. I guess. Do we want to get into this? Because I have my theories. <laughs> uh, I guess we don't want to get too much into it. And I'm now realizing we're going to get into spoiler territory, if anyone cares. But I guess I'll say Maria Hill matters. And what is Amelia Clark's character name? Mm, I can't remember, honestly. But Amelia Clark matters, I think. Here's, here's my short version of my theory without saying anything that happened in Secret Invasion. 
I think with the movies that Marvel has announced, it's clear that they are going in a political direction on one side of things and a multiversal cosmic sort of direction on another side of things. And I think those two paths are going to converge in a similar way that mm. civil war was a big deal, but then it became not a big deal again when Thanos came. Right. And I, I think they're kind of copying that. And I also have a theory that Kang will not be the Thanos villain, even though, but it's, it's up in the air what they're going to do with Kang. But my theory is yeah. that he is like the fake villain and right, that there's, and there's actually a bigger villain behind. One. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's Doctor Doom? It could be, but I'm not quite sure. I hope it's. Oh, what's his name? John Krasinski as Doctor Doom. <laughs> and it's like the big fake out that everyone thought he'd be Reed Richards, but he's actually Doctor Doom. That'd be great. Yeah. I don't actually know. I've only ever seen costumed Dr. Doom. I don't know what. What his actual name is Victor Von Doom, right? Yeah. I don't I don't know what he really looks like. I can only picture. The mask and the outfit, so I can't even say who should play him for reals. I mean. That's basically all he needs is the mask. He's wearing it most of the time. His face right. is sometimes disfigured underneath that, but other times mm. it's fixed. But I don't know. Have people turned this episode off? Curtis, you can't <laughs> leave us like this. Wait, but my last question is, if oh, it's yeah. not Dr. Doom, who do you think the other candidates are well, for the next I mean, I do, I do kind of think it is Dr. Doom, but if they're setting up other things, I'm not quite sure where they'll go, because I could also see them just doing the Beyonders, because that mm. is also a big part of why Doctor Doom is the main villain. Right. And the thing we're foreshadowing. I don't know why I'm not saying it, but... It's Secret Wars? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the title of the movie. I feel like that's not a spoiler. It's not. <laughs> but, I don't know. I I don't think they're going to go the same route. But, yeah, I'm not quite sure... If it's one of those things where like, because there's also the trend right now where Hollywood writers refuse to do anything that a, a fan could think up. And so <laughs> the fact that people know what happens in Secret Wars tells me that the writers are going to be like, well, how do we shift expectations and right. throw it in their fans faces? And it's like, it's Deadpool. Deadpool is the big villain. 
I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's, ta- it's Taylor Swift as Dazzler. It's the main villain of the MCU. That'd be great. They, they would cash in a lot of money. That is, uh, have you heard that? Those are real rumors, yes, not that I, she's the main villain. I have yeah. heard that, yeah. Yeah, I am really excited because I bought the first appearance of Dazzler like, I don't know, four or five months ago before any of the rumors started. So I did it. I anticipated the hype. That's good. You're going to be rich. There's no, there's no guarantee that Taylor Swift actually will be Dazzler. But people believe it enough that that comic has been sold like crazy in the last couple months. I just imagine you uh you like losing your job right before Deadpool <laughs> 3 comes out and your wife comes up to you and you're like I don't know what we're going to do and you just look at her and say don't worry about it toots we're going to have that dazzler money soon. <laughs> that I, I put on my top hat and walk <laughs> Walk out of the room with my cane. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry for revealing that you call your wife toots. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, I don't like to tell people that, that. That very true and real fact. I just don't know how people will receive it. But I guess it's out there now. Well, we did the thing where... We didn't know what to preamble about, and so we talked about Marvel and Star Wars, and that got us 14 minutes into the There we go. Preamble achieved. It's always the secret formula. Don't know what to talk about. Mention whatever Disney thing they're throwing down our throats. Thank you, Disney. (laughs) Feed us more, please. All right. It's one thing time. Mike Struckerberg's one thing. First things first, one thing. The segment where we don't talk about the topic, but we talk about whatever we want. <laughs> I don't really know how to introduce it. it this is what the episode is today, people. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll go first. Why not? Yeah, go for it. Um. I have not played Hades since we last talked. Okay. It's just been been busy. I also would really like to to beat Pikmin 2 before Mario and Spider-Man come out. Excuse me. Um and so I've been mostly playing Pikmin 2 in my my game time which mm-hmm. has been less this past week so uh just mostly been playing that but i did uh download as i teased last episode super 56 which i would like to talk about um it is a great warioware clone for six dollars and it makes it's like it's similar where it's just like it's random mini games it's going to make you laugh um there's a whole subplot where you are a foreign exchange student visiting hell 
And so that's a thing. And you, uh, you're rooming with like this skeleton who has a green trench coat and like a German World War One hat, and a like brain alien monster. And so those are your roommates, and they tell you about this cool game they have called Super Fifty Six. And while you're playing all these mini games, you there's this subplot about their zombie roommate who is slightly better at the game than you are. And so you make a bet uh, that uh, I don't even remember what the bet is. I remember that the zombie loses his hair, but I can't remember what the other side of the bet is. But as you level up, you they reveal more of the story. And then in between, you uh, play some mini games and there are mini games like type oh that's the other big mechanic is all of the mini games are designed just around pressing one button so you don't use any directional right. inputs you just press one button so the first one you do is there's a typewriter and you have to type a hundred times and so you just mash a a hundred times and the typewriter just spells out the letter A over and over again. And hmm. stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember any of the other ones. There's one where you pass cars on the road. Um, let me see if I can jog my memory. There's one where you shoot apples off of these guys' heads. Um, there's there's one mini game that is just ace uh attorney sure why not like it's like you have like a full like minute so these games are longer than warrior games some of them are really short but some of them are like a minute or two and you have to like read clues and like solve solve a mystery mm. So they're more mini games than micro games, you would say? Yeah, I would say that there's a variety of micro games and mini games. Mm. Um, so bold. Exactly. There's one where there's three bowls of dog food and you're a dog barking at other dogs trying to eat any of the bowls of dog food. That's a pretty good one. Sure. That's what you want. Exactly. And then there's like secret achievements in each mini game that you can unlock. I think it's pretty good. I would like to play more. Um, and it has been great on the Steam Deck. I've played exclusively on the Steam Deck, so that's been fun. I think that's pretty much all I've got. Um, I have a question. Please. Do you think this game needed story? Do you think the story <laughs> adds anything <laughs> to the experience? In the fact that it makes it longer, yes. <laughs> I, Interesting. I think that this is 
this game's whole thing is they just wanted mm-hmm. to be as weird as possible and the mini games weren't enough. <laughs> and so they they added this like subplot to kind of give it that extra like charm. That's not enough, Gary. It needs to be weirder. <laughs> I uh, got it. And my my favorite part is the song that plays the whole time. The tune is always like and it switches banjo kazooie style depending on where you are in the game so if you're in the menu it's like a acapella group singing it Uh like gently to you but if you're in the game it changes based on the mini game but if you're if you win the mini game it like is like a marching band, like more triumphant version of it. If you lose, it's like a little quieter and like, like lose video game music. <laughs> sure. That genre. <laughs> but, and it just, it literally just repeats on a loop. And I can't, like it, it always like just brings joy when like I hear it in a different like arrangement. so yeah great super 56 if you like warrior wear and you want a cheap game look no further fair enough all right tossing it over to you paul (laughs) (laughs) okay uh since we last talked, um, I have achieved the platinum trophy in Assassin's Creed Mirage. Whoa. We did it. And uh, remember how it was like 20-something hours? It was supposed to be how long it took to beat this oh, game? Yeah, it was like 25 hours for 100%. Yeah, How I did. I did like thirty-five hours. Wow! How long did you spend in photo mode, though? Oh, like five minutes. <laughs> I did not. I did not really get into photo mode. There are some cool birds in this game. There's okay. some cool herons. Uh, there's flamingos. There's big flocks of flamingos in several spots, and in one spot, there's like an ostrich farm which was surprising to me. I was not expecting that, but it was very cool to find an ostrich farm. Just like 20 ostriches in this big circle fence enclosure. That was my was little brother's that. dream. Was to an ostrich farm? Ostrich, ostrich farm, yeah. He doesn't who, play who video doesn't? games, though, so I can't recommend this to him. <laughs> he doesn't want an ostrich farm. Fair. Continue, sorry. Uh, no, no worries. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was fun. Um, a couple weird trophies. Like, I think going for the trophies legitimately added, like, five hours of playtime. Um, there was there was one 
that I don't think they even meant to be a missable trophy, but it was missable. Mm. And I couldn't believe it. Um, so basically, I told last week about the pickpocketing mechanic that they added. That's like, you know, because this, the assassin Basim drew up as like, grew up as a street thief trying to get by. Um, and so he still can pickpocket, and it lets you pickpocket people in the game. And then at, at one point in the game, you get a blow dart that can put people to sleep. And so one of the trophies is you have to pickpocket a guard who has been put to sleep. But there's a limited number of guards in this game that have anything worth pickpocketing, and it's always a key or a shard. And key and shard guards do not respawn. No, the guards respawn, but the keys and shards do not respawn. So by the time I was trophy hunting, I had literally eliminated every key in the entire open world. And I was furious. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I cannot believe that this stupid bronze collector's trophy was missable. And so I debated for a long time, like, do I just give up on this platinum? Do I just decide I don't care? Um, because there are some other crazy trophies. Like, there's one of the other things they added for this Assassin's Creed that hasn't been in previous ones is there's, like scaffolding around the world and you can run past it and press a button while you're running past it and Basim will jump up and grab a rope at the top of the scaffolding and pull it down and it's a way that you can like attack people who are chasing you. You like pull the scaffolding as you run past and it all falls on whoever's behind you. Um, you had to pull down 20 of those and but by the time I got to the end of the game, I think I had done it once <laughs> ever. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know where these are. And like just targeting that as just Man. a thing to do is super boring and annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just kind of like did it as I saw them while I was doing other things. And I eventually got that one. But then there was one that I was sure was bugged. Um, it was. So another thing they brought back from like the original Assassin's Creed was what they call social stealth, which is you can hide in a group of people and that like covers your actions or like um, if a group of people is walking into a restricted area, as long as you stick close enough to the group, I guess the guards just assume you're part of the group and they don't worry about you. Um, a la the Beatles. Yes. <laughs> uh, and there's a trophy where you had to get 10 assassinations while in a group. Mm. So, like, the group has to walk past a, a person that the video game deems worthy of death. Um, so, like, a a military or a police or a guard person. Um, so you have to walk past them close enough that you can get the button to assassinate them. 
without leaving the protection of the group because when you're considered in the group there's like a white line around your character to indicate that you are hidden mm-hmm. and this is where I, I seriously almost just gave up on the platinum because it's freaking ridiculous almost every time you do an assassination your character steps into the bad guy and therefore away from the group. Like you just press the button and that's, and the animation runs and he steps away from the group and therefore you're not covered by the group and it doesn't count toward the trophy. Um, and to make it even worse, the group reacts to you. So like if you don't time it right, you make the motion and pull out the blade and then the group freaks out that someone has a weapon and they all scatter or shrink to the ground and that also ruins your cover. So if you don't get ruined by just you stepping away, you get ruined by the group being scared that you're killing somebody. And so I was like, why is this a trophy if it's like if they made it impossible to do it? And I was I was so mad. <laughs> um uh, so I finally, I was doing it over and over and over again, thinking I just had to like get lucky that like neither of those things happened, or I needed to time it just right, or like find the right place to do it. And it just wasn't working and wasn't working. So I finally was like, okay, I'm gonna look it up and see if this is like a known bug, if people have just said like this trophy doesn't work. Yeah. Um. And I didn't really get an answer, but I did get the trophy because (laughs) there's a very Assassin's Creed-esque loophole. Um, Or I should say a very Ubisoft loophole. Um, So another thing they introduced in this version of Assassin's Creed is the, I think they call it like Assassin's Focus. And it's basically, you can get up to five like focus bars at the bottom of your screen and then if you uh, press in the right thumbstick it opens like focus mode and everything pauses and then you can mark as many characters as you have available focus bars and then hit x to like trigger go and then basim kind of like teleports to every um target you've marked super fast and like kills them all instantly before time starts again um and the justification that ubisoft gave for this was that um basim could move so fast that the animus the machine that like um that you're using to view the past in the lore of assassin's creed couldn't keep up with how fast Bassam can move because he he moves like superhumanly fast. Got it. Um, and so while you're doing it, there's like this glitch filter on the screen. So it's not that he's teleporting; it's that he's moving so fast. And it's like this: you worked very hard at justifying this, <laughs> whatever, guys. Um, but anyway, so if you are in a group and trigger Assassin's Focus. Because time doesn't start again until he finishes the focus action, it counts as an assassination from within the group, even if you're, like, 
30 yards away by the end. (laughs) (laughs) So someone figured out that loophole. And so I just had to do that a few times. I had to like do a bunch of stuff to fill up the focus bars. And then there was a find an area where I could hire a group to walk into a group of guards. And then right when they get to the middle, trigger the focus and kill as many of them as I can in focus mode. And I think I still screwed it up somehow because I had to do it like three or four times. And theoretically, you'd only have to do it twice because you only need 10. I don't know. But it worked finally, and I got the trophy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... That sounds so annoying, though. Yeah, I was like... If the game had been longer, I and if like something else had been out that day, I probably would have just abandoned it. Mm-hmm. But because Spider-Man wasn't out yet, and it didn't take me that long to beat the game, I was like, this is annoying, but I'd rather like just be totally done with this game and not have any reason to come back to it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rather than thinking, if I just take a few more hours, I could get the Platinum, you know, for like a long time. Um... So because I got every other trophy except that one where you have to blow dart, uh, tranquilize a guard and pickpocket them, I was like, okay, fine. I'll just start a new game and I will just speed run to the point where I can unlock the blow dart and I know exactly where a guard is. So I can just get the blow dart, run to that point in the map, do that, and then be done with it. And so, yeah, it took me like two hours just like mainlining the story and skipping every cutscene to get to the point where I could unlock the blow dart again. It was worth it though. I and I did so. it. Yeah, we got that platinum trophy. That was my twenty first platinum. And I think four or five of them are all Assassin's Creed games wow. because they're they're relatively easy platinums, except for like I didn't get Valhalla's platinum because that game was just way too huge. Um, but yeah, got the platinum, so I am officially totally done with Assassin's Creed Mirage. I think I even deleted it from my PlayStation because it's like, what? What else am I gonna do? I got the platinum. <laughs> yeah, I had to delete some to make room for that Spider-Man Two download. Yeah, but. I looked through it and I was like, why do I still have these games installed? <laughs> games I haven't touched in years. So it was easy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What? My kids downloaded some stupid My Little Pony game from PlayStation Plus. Uh huh. And they are one trophy away from the Platinum. Wow. <laughs> taking over or taking after their old man. I I didn't even realize they had played it that much. That's so funny. Maybe it's one of those games that the platinum is like an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're two they're two trophies away. It's not counting the platinum as one of the trophies. They're two trophies oh, away. Yes. Uh, you know, that might be worth it. Just go pick that up real quick. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, what what's the last trophy you guys have to do? <laughs> how does this game work? Just look, yeah, look up how to do it and then be like, hey, guys, <laughs> go to this part. Oh, what's that? OK, see ya. <laughs> or you uh, start uh, like a 
a pyramid scheme where you're just like, all right, if you guys earn these trophies and then have your friends earn these trophies on the account, I don't know how it's a pyramid scheme, but have the downline earn you trophies. Right. Man, I wish there was a way in the PlayStation app to just look up what are my platinums. Is there really I not a just... way like that? Or No, I just have to scroll through my... I have to scroll through the whole list and see which ones have platinums. Because I, I wanted to see how many Assassin's Creed games specifically have platinumed. Yeah. I do not have a lot of platinums. I got 90% of the trophies in Persona 5 Royal. <laughs> that, I think, is your worst trophy experience. Yeah. Yeah, I'm missing five. And are they all from the new content that you missed? I have no, I have no idea. I haven't analyzed it enough. Uh, maybe there are not as many Assassin's Creed's as I thought. So I'm scrolling through and I haven't found another one yet. I have Tales of Arise, Gotham Knights, Horizon Forbidden West. God of War Ragnarok. I got platinum in all those. Uh, the Pathless. Spider-Man Miles Morales. Spider-Man Remastered. Astro's Playroom. Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, that's uh, an impressive list. Yeah, Marvel's Spider-Man, because that technically counted as two platinums. Oh, yeah, because you, you download you'd... the... Yeah, you download the remastered and then transfer your save and just all the trophies pop one after another. <laughs> I never did that, but I saw people doing that and that made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah, I think all I've got is Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Astro's Playroom as my Platinums. Yeah. But on Steam, that's a whole different story. Yes, we've talked about this before. Yeah, I guess Assassin's Creed Syndicate, the one in London, was the last one that I actually got the Platinum Trophy in. So maybe it's not that many Assassin's Creed, actually. That's still a good amount, though. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, cool. Congratulations we did it. on your Platinum. Yes. Assassin's Creed Mirage. Uh, I definitely... Like... If you're just curious about Assassin's Creed and you've never played any of them, this honestly might be one of the better, like, I just want to experiment with Assassin's Creed, you know? Because it's a lot shorter. It It's really focused on, like, what Assassin's Creed is about, the stealth and the assassinations and the, like, finding a way to get to your target. Um, it doesn't have any present-day or future um, sections. So it, it's just all in the past. A lot of Assassin's Creed games you like play in the present day as well, and you're like unraveling more of the like meta story of Assassin's Creed. This doesn't do any of that. So if you don't care about that, uh, that's nice. Um, so yeah, I think it's... And I'm sure it'll go on sale dirt cheap because it's a Ubisoft game, and it was already not a full $60 game. So... I'm sure probably even by Black Friday it will be 
like down to 30 bucks and then if you wait till like next summer it'll probably down to 20 or less so anyone who's kind of maybe thought about assassin's creed this probably is the one i would recommend that's good to know yeah so there you go well maybe i'll check it out at some point in my life fair enough but who knows there's too many games and at this point i wonder if I'll be like, if this will be my retirement plan, just like put all the games that I missed. Catching up. <laughs> um. So this week's episode, I don't even know how this is gonna go, <laughs> but we are mere days away from the day of Spider Wonder. That's right. By the time this comes out, it will be one day. Um, and so, October 20th, Spider-Man 2 and Super Mario Brothers Wonder come out. And in terms of video games, those will be the only two on my mind. What are your plans for this weekend, Paul? So, I mean... I'm all in on Spider-Man first. Yes. Um, I currently have my PlayStation hooked up to a monitor. Not in, like, my main living room, but I am thinking that on Saturday I will move the PlayStation to, like, the main living room TV so that the whole family can experience Spider-Man <laughs> 2. Together. Um... And I think we'll be all in on Spider-Man. And then... I mean, I think it'll be all Spider-Man, and then it will be all Mario Wonder. I don't think we'll try to play them at the same time. Got it. Fair enough. But... but I mean... That's if... Because I didn't pre-order Wonder. uh uh-huh. If I had, like, before, not realizing they were the same day, I might juggle them. But because I haven't pre-ordered it, I'm like, okay, let's just hold off. My son, who would be most excited about Mario, his birthday is next month already. Mm-hmm. But he also is very excited about Sonic Superstars. And I don't think I can get him two full-price games for his birthday. So we'll have to figure that out. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Um. But yeah, so anyway, for now, the plan is as much Spider-Man as possible. Makes sense. And and sharing it with the family, because I think, like, all of my kids love Spider-Man. Like, they have different amounts of love for Mario and Sonic, but they all love Spider-Man. Although, like, they all like Mario and Sonic, but Spider-Man is, like, pretty equally exciting to all of them, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. And is way more exciting for me than especially Sonic and even a little more exciting than Mario. (laughs) For me. Yeah. Um, Like when Spider-Man PS4 came out, it was like huge in my house. Like I, like my wife made Spiderweb quesadillas. Yeah, and I had like the Spider-Man shirt and I had just read the, the, 
um, prologue novel that they put out. Um, I can't remember what else we did, but we celebrated in all kinds of ways. It was a very, very exciting day. That's awesome. Is there going to be similar festivities for this? I don't think so. Okay. I think moving the the PS5 to the TV will be the big move and just playing it together for a long time on Saturday. You won't be wearing your white tank top demanding spiderweb quesadillas in your recliner chair? (laughs) (laughs) Make me spiderweb quesadillas. Toots. so, so yeah, my my wife, my tank top, and my cane and top hat uh, all together. Uh, no, I, I I mean, it may be that we're so excited that somehow spiderweb quesadillas get back into the mix, but it has not been discussed. I see. So for me, I have Spider Man Two downloaded on my PS Five, ready to go. If they drop it on Thursday at like midnight or something like that. Well, it's Thursday at 10 p.m. our time. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Thursday, I will probably stay up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, play the beginning of it if I'm not exhausted, which I might fall asleep. So we'll see. (laughs) Uh, Falling asleep while playing video games is like... It has happened to me before, and that's like, <laughs> that's deep tired. You know, you got to be like way exhausted. I think for me, yeah, you probably have experienced that more often than me. I generally, <laughs> if there's a bright screen in front of me, I'll I'll be up. But, oh, yeah, that is, that's how it usually is for me, too. Yeah. But there have been times when I have straight up fallen asleep playing games, and every time I'm just like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I haven't experienced that level of exhaustion yet. But it's I'll fall asleep before I'm able to start playing video games, I think is usually uh, okay, that's fair. Yeah. The issue. Um and then I let Charlotte know that it's a big weekend for video games. <laughs> and that I'm gotta give the fair warning. Yeah, and I was like, I well, at least want like a few hours one day this weekend to just really delve into stuff. But Mario Wonder is the one that who knows when it will show up because I ordered it on Amazon. And but the plan is for this weekend and maybe for the rest of the time I play both of these games. Um I'm going to play Spider-Man 2 whenever I have some game time in, but Super Mario Brothers Wonder, I plan on playing with Charlotte this weekend and having it be a joint experience. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And uh, one thing I'll I'll kind of transition into is I've heard both of these games are shorter than their predecessors. I I heard okay. from a few reviews that Wonder to do everything is maybe like 10 to 15 hours, which oh, is wow. very short. Yeah. But that makes me even more excited to play with Charlotte. 
because right. it seems like a an easier thing to do. And then Spider-Man, I heard people are platinuming it in like 25 to 30 hours. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's it's interesting because I'm very excited about these games, but part of me doesn't want them to be this short, but another part of me is like, hey, I can experience some really, really high-quality video games in a shorter amount of time and kind of get my fully formed opinions and have my fun. But I don't know. How do you, how do you feel about the uh, the low low play times on these what's yeah, um, at least yeah i know i've i've read that like there was an interview or something where the director on spider-man 2 specifically said like we're aiming for quality over quantity and so they confirmed it's going to be you know shorter than the typical mega open world yeah um and the way that they've gone with Spider-Man and Miles Morales, like they're really trying to tell a story. Um, you know, like there's a way you could have gone with Spider-Man where you just focused more on like day-to-day crime fighting and like a really dynamic open world. They could have gone that way, but they have not. They're they're pretty focused on telling their brand of Spider-Man story and developing the characters. So because that's the focus, the shorter playtime makes sense to me. Yeah. And a good sign that it really will be quantity over quality. Um, opposite. 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 Yeah. Opposite. I knew <laughs> I said that wrong. I said it. Quality over quantity. Um, and so I, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Because, I mean... Spider-Man, the, I guess we call it Spider-Man PS4, is mm-hmm. one of their highest selling games. Is it their high, is, is it PlayStation's highest selling game? That's a good question. On the PS4? Uh, that might be. Um, I believe it is, and it, if it's not, it definitely sells more than the most giant open world games like Assassin's Creed yeah and stuff like that and so yeah i feel it, like it, i just looked it up it is spider-man but not by much oh interesting 20 million and god of war is 19.5 million oh but it, it's still like these are two story-based games when it comes down yes. to it yeah and i feel like they've had more success with their like interesting stories over the world that you can do anything in Yes, definitely. That is Sony's strength, yeah. Yeah. And so I think the more you focus on the story, the more it's going to sell. Where is... Yeah. Is Miles Morales not on this list? I'm not seeing it. It it probably sold more on PS5, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is specifically PlayStation 4, yeah. And that's also a thing is you don't something that you want to sell to 20 million people. I think that's another reason to not have it be a 90 hour game. Yeah. 
you you want a, a large percentage to be able to complete it and feel satisfied. Yeah. So let's just but oh, ten to fifteen hours on Mario Wonder actually surprises me. That seems short. That. But I guess like what's Mario Odyssey's actual play time? I don't even know. I did everything in that game before they released the Luigi DLC. Mm -hmm. And I think I put 50 hours into it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, their main story is 12 and a half. Main and sides is 27. Completionist is 62. So yeah, I guess that is why it feels surprising to me to say you can do everything in 10 to 15 hours. I know it's 2D versus 3D and yada yada, but still kind of surprising. I would have expected like 25 to 30 for like a full completionist. Like a 10 hour campaign in a Mario game makes sense, but. Well, it could be longer because the review I was listening to today, they said that they beat the they've beat the main story and seem on track to do a lot of the side stuff and they played okay. seven hours uh, interesting. at that okay. point but i'm looking at new super mario bros u deluxe on how long to beat and the main story is nine hours but the completionist run is 29 hours and those that's a big difference. Yeah, those main stories do tend to go by really fast. But I don't know. I'll I'll be curious to see how it is, but yeah. It it seems like they did pack a lot in this game based on the trailers. Yeah. And so but even then I would honestly be fine with like a fifteen to 20 hour experience mm -hmm. especially if the quality is there which uh, i guess uh, next next topic for these games both are getting eight and nines out of ten yeah. both are being reviewed very well mm -hmm. i don't really have anything to ask about that it's just exciting that they're both yeah, being it's very just, well received. Just a year of constant bangers. Yeah. The game of the year discussion is going to be quite interesting at the end of the year here. But do we agree that these will not be game of the year candidates? Uh, no. I, I think it's possible these could be game of the year candidates, but let me think it through a little bit. Because uh, how many how many slots are there? Six. There's six at the actual game awards. Yeah. So let's just go with game awards. Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate yep. three. Yeah. Do we count Diablo four in there? I mean, it's a candidate. I I feel like that's a lock. Just based on people I know who have talked about it, at least. Right. But has it stayed? I know people loved it when it launched, but like I don't know what staying power it's had. It's hard to tell what has staying power power at all. Yeah. Especially this year. I mean But yes, I think I think it it will definitely be considered 
yeah i feel like spider-man 2 has more of a chance of being one of the candidates than mario wonder does i mean mario odyssey was a game of the year candidate but that's a different kind of game than mario wonder um yeah but yeah Baldur's gate 3 and tears of the kingdom are just obvious yeses um resident evil 4 remastered probably i i don't even know about that one Let's see. Uh, I've got a list of critically acclaimed titles in 2023. All right. Sea of Stars? I'm just going to read this list to you and you real quick. Tell me okay. if it's a lock, definitely not, or just being one of the considerations. Okay. Okay, Tears of the Kingdom. Lock. Six Ages 2 Lights Going Out. Never heard of it. Yeah, no. <laughs> Baldur's Gate 3. Lock. I'm not going to count this Witcher 3 port on Xbox Series X. Okay, interesting Fair. one. Metroid Prime Remastered. Yeah, I don't think that I will be a game of yeah, the year. I don't think it's yeah. going to count either. Okay, Resident Evil 4. Uh, considered. I guess I won't call it a lock, but Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Yeah, see, I think I think it'll be considered. All right. It's the only. It's the only. Oh, I'm just kidding. I was gonna say it's the only Nintendo game, but Zelda. But like Zelda is a different kind of Nintendo game. That's true. All right, Street Fighter Six. Ah, interesting. It might get like a a shout out nomination but definitely not a lock all right a game that is not on this list but i just i have to mention it starfield yeah that's a good question a on uh the average rating is less than 90 so it's yeah. not on this list i think it still will it will either be nominated or there will be a loud contingent saying, I can't believe it wasn't nominated. Yeah. Yeah, most of these are like they've got Sea of Stars. They've got Rogue Legacy 2, but I think that came out last year and this is just a PS5 port. I guess looking at this list, these are that's everything that has an average score of ninety or higher. Yeah, so it's interesting. I it's it makes been, me believe that they have more of a chance than I originally thought. Yeah. Spider Man two is the only big Sony showing this year. And so the people that like Sony style games will all be voting for Spider-Man 2. Oh, that's not true. I guess a lot of them might slide into Baldur's Gate 3 instead. Yeah. But yeah, I think if I had to guess the six right now, Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate 3, 
Spider-Man 2. Resident Evil 4. Starfield. And yeah, let's do Super Mario Wonder. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I would replace Mario Wonder with either. It just doesn't seem like the type of thing that would win Game of the Year. Right. I mean, that's very fair. I see what you're saying. Yeah, and so I would replace Mario Wonder with either Sea of Stars or Hi-Fi Rush. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't have like an indie pick, did I? Sea of Stars is the indie pick for sure. Yeah, but... Because, like, Dave the Diver isn't going to get Game of the Year nominee. It'll be Indie Game nominee. Yeah. And, like, Debut Studio nominee. I've heard uh, really it's... good things about Sea of Stars, but I don't know. I feel like Hi-Fi Rush had a bigger fanfare, even though it's not technically Indie Game. Yeah, but it might. Yeah, it might get a shout-out. That was something that I was thinking about. Do we rename indie games into art forward games? <laughs> art forward. That's quite the term. Yeah, because I feel like these artsy games that do something kind of like unique, but in like an artistic way, mm -hmm. they're not always independently made. Right. And so I feel like and we like, need a new term for that versus like at, independent. At this point, are Devolver games truly indie? Are Annapurna games truly indie? Um, yeah, it's it's a very squishy term. Well, I'll try to champion art forward. Art forward. Um. All right. Well. Let's uh let's backtrack a little bit. I know you're not a big Mario guy. But what's your history specifically with 2D Mario? Which ones have you played? So, I'm not even sure which ones I played as a kid. Um Fair. part probably 3. Uh I don't I don't even know. Um guess I don't have a lot of experience because the other one I mean I've played Mario Maker. I got I was pretty into that for a while. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, Some would argue the only Mario game you need to play. Yeah. Uh the only other ones I've played super extensively are sixty-four um odyssey and 3d world so i guess i have not like really dived into 2d mario very much because i didn't even play like new super mario brothers u or whatever it's called never like i think i have played that one but i didn't like play through it myself so this will essentially be your first big foray into 2d mario yeah, like sitting down and really I'm going to play it beginning to end, yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting. I'm I'm really excited to hear about your experience with it then. Yeah. Well, and it won't just be my experience, I'm sure. Yes. 
But even then, the multiplayer Mario experience is very, very different from the single player player Mario experience. Yeah. yeah. And I am one of the people who thinks multiplayer is very fun because if you're good at Mario, it adds a very difficult challenge. <laughs> Uh, especially if you get four people all on the same screen bumping into each other, but they they remove that from this game, so it probably won't be as hard. Yeah, you can't bump each other, right? Yeah. Um. But but it, it's still just chaos on screen, it, yes. even if yeah. And they've added the extra multiplayer element of connect online, and you can see everyone playing this level at once. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's hilarious. Or, yeah, you didn't hear that they added strand-type elements to this Mario game? <laughs> I did not. Um, So that was in the last Mario Direct. They talked about online how you can watch other people play Mario and leave items for people playing the same level as you to kind of help it them get a, across. It is a strand-type game. Yeah. And there is no true online co-op, but essentially it is co-op in the sense that you can connect to the same level as your friend, but you are not, like, actually playing with them. They are playing on their screen, you are playing on your screen, and you can see their ghost in the level, but... Right. It's it's very interesting to me, kind of how they designed it that way. But they they were making a big deal of it. So you can kind of play it at the same time, but yes. not really. But not really together. together. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so I'll be curious if that becomes like a significant element. Um but I doubt it. And like when it comes down to it, it follows the Nintendo model of if you want to beat Bowser, it's going to be the easiest thing to do. <laughs> um, especially if you play by yourself. Okay. Um, and then you're going to go back and realize, Oh, there's like all these cool secrets in the levels that I didn't see. And then you're going to get all the secrets and then realize, oh, there's the last challenge world, and then they're going to throw in the hardest platforming levels of your life. Right. And and maybe even not, because stuff like Celeste really, really like delves into yeah. like the Mario Maker side of Mario, where it's like, right. we're designing a very, very difficult platforming challenge, but I don't know. I I feel like the difference is Mario, the hardest levels in Mario throw like a gauntlet at you where it's like this level is pretty much like 10 to 15 minutes long. And yes. if you die, and you start from no, the beginning again. Yeah, no checkpoints. That's yeah, what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. No checkpoints. That's what killed me in Odyssey was the darker side with no mm, checkpoints. Yeah. But I think you're right. 
I think they want to keep it like if this is just a family game. Sure, beat Bowser and feel like you finished it, but there's kind of a backdoor. Hey, adults over here, don't worry. There's a challenge. (laughs) Tell your kids to get out of here. Yeah, after your kids go to bed, we got the real. This level's made for dad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Edit. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it's just harder. (laughs) (laughs) No no content changes whatsoever. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I I'm interested in terms of the only Mario I have not played is New Super Mario Brothers 2 the one they did on 3DS. Um but the rest of them I've played, I've beaten. Actually, I don't think I've beaten Mario Bros 2 or 3. And I mean, by three, I technically have beaten, but I really just in high school was like, oh, I know the, the flute secrets and just immediately skip to level world eight and beat Bowser. But I haven't actually, those have been on my to-do list to go through each of those games and play them from start to finish. And I don't think I've beaten... The first one either the original three i don't think i've beaten but i've played the first one a lot more um but i've played them all and they're all good and (laughs) i'm very excited about this new art style and this new kind of like every level has a weird gimmick to it and you like trigger stuff and I don't know. It's I'm excited about like the new I don't know what to call it other than like attitude with like Yeah. Uh, with like the words that come out like terrific and fantastic and yeah. I can't remember what words they are. <laughs> the and like flower that the, talks to you. The talking flowers, yeah. And the I don't know. It just seems like there's kind of a whole new tone to mario that like you know it's not like it's radically different but it's like mario got a new art director yeah you know which which it probably did (laughs) and honestly it's what it needed right because that was what mario was for a bit where it was like hey you know mario brothers now we got two and they look a little better and now we've got three and they look a little better and now we've got world and this is the super nintendo and it like has a whole different art style and even in mario brothers all-star all-stars we have the first three games in an updated art style and then they do mario world 2 yoshi's island and they're like hey now we're experimenting this is like a crayon drawing mario and it's not even a mario game it's a yoshi game it's a yoshi game yeah and then they're silent on the Mario front in terms of 2D. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, we've got a new 3D style, the new Super Mario Brothers. And then for like a full like decade and a half, it was just like, yep, 
more 3D. This is this this is the art <laughs> style now. Yeah. And so it's exciting to like see this like new attitude and that that almost feels more in line with Mario than what the previous Mario games have been. Yeah. So yeah, should be exciting. Um indeed. All right. I have a game, but before we get to that, let's just do a similar conversation with Spider-Man. <laughs> so you said you are part of a spider family. Yes. Tell us more about that. Where where how, what how does Spider-Man show up in your life? Where what what other Spider-Man things are you doing besides preparing for Spider-Man 2? <laughs> it feels like the world is in a spider frenzy right now, I feel. Cuz we just had the movie Across the Spider-Verse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... Spider-Verse has really brought a new devotion to Spider-Man. I mean, Spider-Man's always been popular, but Spider-Verse has brought a lot of excitement, yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, okay, wow. Um I'm trying to figure out what has made my kids in particular love Spider-Man. Um, well, the the Marvel Spider-Man game, I think, was a big introduction for them, and the Miles Morales game. Have they played um, it, or did they just watch you play? My son Ryan has played them both extensively. Um... And then, of course, um, Spidey and his amazing friends on Disney Plus has helped foster a love of Spider-Man uh, and Into the Spider-Verse. They watched Across the Spider-Verse, but I think they've only watched it once. Um, there's also, oh, I don't know what it's called. There's a series on Disney Plus where... It's basically Spider-Man after school special. Like Spider-Man keeps like swooping in to solve tiny problems that kids have. And then he tells them a story of like, it's like that time that me and Captain Marvel had to stop a space pirate. And then it like the most of the episode is the story of how Spider-Man teamed up with Captain Marvel. And then he like brings it back and he's like, that kids is why you should never judge someone before you know them, you know. Very agitational. Yes. Um they have watched a lot of that. Um I'm trying to I mean, there was just I, I do think it started with the first Spider Man game because there was just so much excitement by me. Um But, like, my kids have Spider-Man pajamas. Uh, last year, one of my sons was Miles for Halloween, and the other one was Peter. Very um, cool. Yeah. They have played Marvel Champions with me. Uh, they really like Spider-Ham. Whenever we play Marvel Champions, they're like, get Spider-Ham. Um, 
and then I own several Spider-Man collectible comics. That's another thing that's happened more recently, but as even further deepened the love of Spider-Man in my house. Are are you uh, reading any Spider-Man comics right now? Uh, I read through the entire series of the into uh, what do they call it? The Spider-Verse Infinity comics on Marvel Unlimited. Mm-hmm. There's like fifty issues. Oh wow! They're shorter than typical comic issues, but I read that whole series. Uh, I did read the infinity comic that came out recently that brings in insomniac spider-man yes i have read the first few issues i think i'm maybe one or two issues behind um from current but yes i've read the first few and it's um yeah so it's uh main comic peter like 616 peter and insomniac peter versus spot at least that's how it starts yeah, I or the spot. I guess it's the spot. But yeah. I'm in the middle of issue 4 on that one. Okay. So I I don't even know how many there are, but I was like I was interested because they were like, "Hey, want to know how Insomniac Spider-Man's doing?" He's doing yeah. bad. And I was like, I got to read that. <laughs> oh, and I I that reminds me I did read the uh, prologue comic that came out on Free Comic Book Day. Is that on um, Marvel Unlimited? I gotta read that too. Uh, that's where I read it. Okay. Uh, I think it's probably still there. Yeah. Yeah, it's gotta be. But yeah, that was specifically Insomniac Spider Man um, and Insomniac Mary Jane. Um, so that's all within their world. Um, and then I started the 2018 run of Amazing Spider-Man, but I only I only read like five or six issues. Haven't gone back to it. Is that Nick Spencer or Zeb Wells? Uh, I think it's Zeb Wells. Okay. It's the one where they got the artist from Invincible. Mm. Is that the Zeb Wells one? I can't I I can't remember. I I don't remember by year, I remember by author. Yeah, let me. But Yeah. Well, oh, maybe. There we go. Um details uh oh no so that one is the nick spencer okay but oh no i read more of the 22 which is the zeb wells one okay yeah i i switched it i thought i had read more of the 18 but i read i read nine issues of the 2022 so but it's been a while since i've read either of those got it so i guess the the most recent is the Infinity Comics. Cool. Do you does this happen to you? Like when I played Miles Morales 
I got a big Miles Morales reading kick because I was like, this game is so awesome. Miles is so awesome. I just got to be in Miles's world more. So I read a ton of Miles Morales comics. Do you feel like after playing Spider-Man 2, you'll be reading a lot more Spider-Man comics? Or do you think Spider-Man 2 will just be like, all right, I've got some Spider-Man action. Now I can move on to some other action. I think it will depend on how the story goes. Okay. If there's some really like surprising stuff in the story and I read that it's like, oh, they're totally pulling from this run, mm. then I'll want to go read it more. Yeah. Like, I don't know anything about Wraith. But she's going to have some role in yeah. this game. I may be curious to go read more about her afterward. Fair. And I'm really curious what they'll do with Black Cat in this game. Because mm, yeah. Black Cat has risen to much higher heights in the comics recently. So I wonder if they'll... I don't know. For most of my life, it's felt like Black Cat has been kind of like, yeah, it's Spider-Man's Catwoman. Yeah. We'll we'll <laughs> throw her in there every now and then. But in the comics, she, she's now like super important. And she, you know, there's been uh, Iron Cat, which was a run specifically about Black Cat and Iron Man. And then there was Black Cat and Mary Jane was another series that just recently ran where a lot of important things happened that have now gone back to the main Amazing Spider-Man comics. Um, they've played up Black Cat's romance with Peter Parker a lot more. Um, so yeah, I mean, she's a much more important character in the comics now than I think she has been historically, so I wonder how much more they'll do with her in this game. Because she is confirmed to be in the game again, and she was yeah, a big part of the, the DLC. So, yeah, really curious what they'll do with her. Well, I'll tell you what. On my end of things, I generally will go on Spider-Man kicks when I'm reading comics. Yeah, fair enough. And it's usually kick-started with a new Spider-Man thing. And I across the Spider Verse just kickstarted it again. And oh, yeah. it hasn't ended up until this point. So I've just been steeped in reading Spider Man. And I'm not really reading anything to prepare me for the game or to like have any extra context. I am reading a storyline that heavily involves Black Cat right now. But okay. it's mostly about Peter and her relationship of they both know it's not a good idea, but they just do it anyways. <laughs> so um, classic. Yeah. And in this era, Spider-Man has recently and recently is a relative term. No one remembers his identity anymore after he recently revealed it. Right. And she realized when she knew his identity, she didn't like him. So she does not want to know his identity. <laughs> um, and then 
I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast, but I also have been reading a lot of Ultimate Spider-Man again, which is kind of the mm-hmm. retelling of Spider-Man for those who don't know. It's just like we wanted to redo Spider-Man in a new and interesting way, very similar to how the video game does it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Curtis had mentioned to this this to me before because he read the whole thing and the storyline with black cat and that is she is very flirtatious with spider-man but she is an adult woman and he is a 15 year old boy and she does not realize that oh and then he she eventually decides to kiss him and takes his mask off and realizes that he is a 15 year old boy and throws up all over him, and that's where that story ends up. Oh, I think we did talk about this okay, on the podcast. Yes. That, I was wondering if we did, but very funny to me. That is a very good take on it. Um, but yeah, I don't really know what to say other than Spider-Man is one of the greatest characters. I think he goes up there with Macbeth. And Romeo and Juliet. Agreed. He's very versatile. I feel like... I don't know. He's just like a good, like... Everyman character. Anyone who desires to to do good in their life, I think you can look up to Spider-Man in a way, and so... Right. It's just always... And there's always like compelling things they add in there. And like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the whole, the whole hook of Spider-Man is, uh, he's a mostly regular guy. I mean, I guess yeah. he's really smart and some versions really play up how smart he is versus others. But, uh, he, you know, has rent to pay and yada, yada, yada. We all know the story. But my favorite part of Spider-Man is he's someone who was given a set of gifts that don't immediately mean I can help people. But that's that's what he chooses to do. And he always chooses to help even at great personal sacrifice, not just like the pain, but like the time and the, (laughs) and the like, you know, and no one's really asking him to do this and are even in fact fighting against it actively. A lot of people are, but just the whole idea of Spider-Man of like, if you have a talent, you should use it to help people. Even if it's kind of (laughs) weird. Like, being a spider, we're really used to the idea, but part of, like, what made Spider-Man so intriguing when it was first introduced was, like, but he's based off a bug, you know? (laughs) Like, at the time, we had, like, Superman, and, uh, you know, like, it was more just, like, super-powered aliens about being, like, impressive in every way, and so the idea of basing a superhero off a bug was, was really weird at the time, um... And now we're used to it, but it's still kind of like, you know, those powers don't immediately. If if you got those powers in a world where 
Spider-Man didn't exist. I don't know if everyone would pick, like, oh, obviously this means I can fight crime, you know? <laughs> like, so it, it's, he's like, no, I have abilities, and I have to use them to help people. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the equivalent is you've been bitten by a radioactive termite. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, I could, I could rescue people by digging through rubble really fast as a termite man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that, that coupled with the fact that he has the tragic backstory of like, I caused the untimely death of my uncle. <laughs> yeah. Is like, I, I don't know. It's very different than Batman who did nothing, but his parents were killed. But yet he feels like if he doesn't fulfill this compulsion, He's not honoring his parents. And yeah, Bat there's interesting stories and in, like, I really like Batman comics and Batman stories as well, but like, he's not relatable to me at all. Yeah. Batman is more like, I'm messed up, but lucky for everyone. I kind of use it for good. Mm, Whereas yeah. Spider-Man, Spider-Man's much more lighthearted and much less messed up. And and he is more choosing to fight crime, whereas I feel like Batman is more like, this is how I cope. It's like beating up yeah. bad dudes. <laughs> and so it, it kind of, you know, crosses lines more frequently. It was a little more like, you okay, man? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that makes for powerful stories, too. It's just overall, I like Spider-Man more because it seems more like he's not as mentally unwell as Batman. <laughs> Even if he struggles too. Um do you have any predictions for Spider-Man 2? Uh so I looked up a list of like what characters are confirmed to be in it. Okay. Um there weren't really any surprises. Uh it is interesting to me that uh, it says Mr. Negative is confirmed to be in it. I don't remember what happened to Mr. Negative, but I, I'm surprised he's in it again. I kind of thought he died or somehow was neutralized in prison or whatever. I'm surprised he's back. Yeah, I I mean, what you're reminding me is tomorrow I need to watch like a story recap. Yeah, of what me too. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember the post credits both of the post credits or maybe one was just the end, but one was very sad right. and one yes. kind of teased like, Hey, here's how Venom is coming into play, which is not a spoiler right. because it's in the trailer Spider-Man two. Right. Um, <laughs> we all know Venom is in this game. It's, a, it's, it's in every marketing, everything about this game. <laughs> but here, here's a prediction I have. At the end of this game, Peter will propose to Mary Jane. Oh, okay. That's a solid prediction. But it's, it's interesting, too, because maybe I could see that being the case, but I could also see seeing them saying, hey, this is our Empire Strikes Back everything has to end on a really sour note 
uh, and we're gonna this make is a you, trilogy. Yeah, we're gonna make you be really wanting to play Spider-Man three. That's fair. So I could see them going either way, but I'm gonna lean more towards he proposes to Mary Jane. Like at the very end, as like I will give you one happy thing. Yeah. Think. Like yeah. It, it's it's not going to be a moment that you like press X to propose, but right. it's, it's going to be like a cutscene, like during the credits or like right before the credits or something like that. Yeah. Um. The interplay between Peter and Miles but without other spiders, I think will make this help, will help make this feel different. Um, so I think there will be interesting like crossovers of their story, uh, stories. So I think, I don't, I don't know what to specifically to predict there, but I think that will help it feel different from other Spider-Man stories because it's just Miles and Peter. It's not the whole Spider-Verse and it's not them on their own. Like the, you know, the first two games have been Peter's turn, now Miles' turn. So having them together the whole time now, I think will help it feel more fresh um, as a Spider-Man story but I can't think of anything like specific to predict other than obviously there will be conflict between the two of them over the symbiote suit. Yes. Uh, um, it is similar to the comics where for a while, Peter and Miles right. were the yeah. Spider-Man of their, Earth, right. I guess you could say, but their origins weren't as interconnected as in this universe, right. which I think is the big difference. So yeah, that'll yeah. be interesting. See yeah, it's not like. Yeah. Um, here's a question for you. All right. Do we ever see and or play as symbiote Miles in this game? Oh. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, because it could be an interesting thing, because obviously where we've been read, led in the trailers is Peter's using the symbiote suit, and Miles is noticing, like, something is off. Um, so it could be interesting to let Miles experience it, too, and have that be like, oh, Peter, I get it. Like, it wasn't you. It was the suit. And then they both realize it's bad, and then both reject it but I, I don't know if we have time to do that <laughs> yeah and all the other things they're trying to do in this story yeah i, I think it would be really interesting do uh, you but I, uh, do you think here's my question for you do you think we get a new playable character in this game that could potentially tease a spin-off game similar to miles right but i'll i'll even take someone similar to mary jane where you're like, playing do we as... play as ganky at some point yeah something like that or like could we be introduced to a spider gwen somehow or could we be yeah. introduced to uh the symbiote as a third separate character or like 
hey, Eddie Brock is going to have his own game or something like that as Venom. Right. Um, hmm. I don't think so. I think they're... Well, one review I read said it very much sets up a third game. Okay. But that may include a tease of a new major character. But I don't think there will be a new playable character in this game. Got it. Do you think they double down on doing main Spider-Man Miles? Main Spider-Man Miles? Do you think the next Spider-Man game we get will be a Miles Morales story? Or do you think it's mm. all up in the air? Just whatever works better for their narrative. I I think they're trying really hard to make them equal Spider-Man now yeah. that they've both had their individual games. That makes sense. And and the letting you choose between the two, I don't think they want to give that up mechanically. Um, so I think they're together going forward, but I don't know what extra twist you might give it in Spider-Man three, because I think for sure they will do at least a three, a four is a lot more difficult of a prediction, but like, I think a three is all but assured. So I don't know how you twist it further. Yeah, I wonder if it gets too convoluted if they say, like, hey, we're teasing a third Spider-Man character, they get their own spin-off game, and then Spider-Man 3 is all three of them. Yeah. I mean, Gwen is the obvious choice at this point, if they're going to do that. Yeah, I, I could see them doing a Venom as well. But less uh, yeah i guess that's true like the, a a good guy venom yeah or even an anti-hero venom that leans more towards good right. but then speaking to that like i feel like the least likely but still maybe a possibility is like wolverine ties into this universe and right. then they they do like a the Avengers minus everyone but Spider-Man and Wolverine. <laughs> or they could throw a real curveball and they bring in Wolverine and they bring in Nightcrawler and they do Uncanny Spider-Man. Mm, the, oh, night, yeah. the Nightcrawler Spider-Man. Yeah. Have you read that, that? That would be... I haven't read it. Okay. That would be such a... Another possibility I'm listening. is... Superior Spider-Man uh, for yeah, Spider-Man Three. Auto back. Yeah, I don't. He didn't die, did he die? I gotta. I gotta go look up a synopsis. Uh, yeah, I gotta. I gotta watch that too because I can't remember. But even if he did die, it could be like his consciousness was already uploaded somewhere, and then it it's been working in the background, and it finds a way. Yeah to take over peter yeah i mean even if although he died there's always the possibility that he didn't die right <laughs> it looked like he died but he didn't 
But now that I think about it, like that would be kind of weird to me if they do Venom for two and then for three they do Superior and it's like two games in a row where it's like, Peter, you seem different. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I I do feel like, especially for a video game, taking that crazy of a storyline from the comics right. would be... I would be I would be very excited about it, but I would be very curious what kind of the mainstream because right. they're going for mass appeal here. Yeah, yeah. But when that storyline came out in the comics, everyone was angry that they did right. that. And so, like, would it be a similar thing here? I don't really know. <laughs> uh, for listeners who don't know, there's a long run of Spider-Man where. Otto Octavius takes over Peter's mind and becomes Spider-Man with his mind in Spider-Man's body. And, and it's called Superior Spider-Man. Yes. It's very good. I really like it. I mean, what's the other... What are the... Uh, the other like major Spider-Man storylines that we haven't done yet? I guess... Oh man, I don't remember. We didn't have a Green Goblin, did we? No, but he is. We you like sneak around his house in one of the levels, Norman Osborn's. Yeah, but I don't think you. I can't remember if you see him as Green Goblin in there. Um, yeah. I do wonder if because Craven is a main villain, are they incorporating Craven's last hunt in here? Um, which is one of the mm. big Spider-Man stories. Right. I I believe with the backpacks you collected, they've already hinted at, like, Gwen Stacy is already gone in this universe. And, like, there are hints of, like, hey, these things have already happened, so you don't have to worry about those happening in the future. Right. Um, in the Spider-Man Infinity comics, I think it's Spider-Man Unlimited, the Infinity comics where um, Insomniac Spider-Man meets comic Spider-Man. There is a moment where comic Spider-Man says, wow, you've dealt with so much, all this, and Gwen being gone, and Insomniac Spider-Man just says, Who? Mm, interesting. So maybe she hasn't yeah. been introduced. Yeah. Um, but I also think I read it. I think I didn't read the whole interview, but there was a headline somewhere that someone confirmed Gwen is not in this game. I guess they could have been lying, but... Um, and that doesn't mean she's not teased. <clears throat> But yeah, I guess it's hard to know. Because, I mean, that was a big part of Spider-Man PS4 was he's been Spider-Man for a while. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't have like a good list in my head of like what events are canon in this Spider-Man's life that we're not going to see because he did it early on, you know? So... Insomniac tweeted on August 3rd, 2018, who said Gwen Stacy is dead in our universe? 
Yeah. So there is, I for some reason I remembered one of the backpacks hinted at that, but that is false right. memory. <laughs> I mean, and maybe they, maybe it did, and they've since decided that that's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, if you're gonna introduce another spider person. I think where we're at now, Gwen Stacy is a yeah. It's got to be Gwen. Is, yeah, is a. I don't know how to say this. She's Gwen. number three, and number four is far behind her. You know. Like, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter, Miles, and Gwen are kind of the three core Spider people at this point. Um, they've reinforced that in a lot of different ways. Uh. And I don't think Gwen was nearly as central to the overall Spider-Verse when they started, you know, outlining these games. Uh, she's a lot She's a lot more popular now than she was when they started developing these. So I wonder if they'll react to that or if they really want to just keep it to Peter and Miles. Yeah, I mean, it it could get too complicated too fast, so I could see them wanting to just do right Peter and Miles, but at the same time, I could see them wanting to be ambitious, but they do, it. like, it is clear that they care about the story, they care about Spider-Man, yeah. so I trust them to, to choose whatever works best for the game and the story. And, I mean, this is also a much more grounded Spider-Man. Like, like the prequel comic for Spy for this game is all about they're against the hood, but it's very much like uh, magic isn't real. So what's this guy doing? Uh, okay. Um. So, so in general, like this is a more toned down, more realistic, more grounded Marvel universe so far. That might change in the future. So that makes me think they don't want to do like multiverse stuff, at least not for a while. So if Fair. if Gwen is in this universe, just like Miles didn't come from a different universe, he's just a kid in this universe. I think Gwen would be the same way if they introduced Gwen, but that also means I don't think they'd do Spider-Ham or Spider-Man Noir or even like Penny Parker. Um Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't think they want to like have a whole spider family in this one. I think they want to keep it tight. And so, yeah, another reason why I think if they added any more, it would just be Gwen. That makes sense. Yeah, I that's interesting that the prequel comic was establishing there's no magic here. Well, it doesn't completely close the door to magic, okay. but it's they start with the premise of, but magic's not real because you and the Sanctum Sanctorum is for sure. Yeah, yes, the game. So yeah, and that that confused me too. Um, and so basically, to spoil that comic a little bit, the hood is using technology left over from 
is her name the tinker the tinkerer yeah yeah, yeah. From, from the miles, miles game yeah he's basically using that technology but then like there's one thing he does that's like wait but was that real magic um mm. but most of what he does is just technology but you're right the sanctum sanctorum is there so i don't i don't know what they're doing <laughs> but overall so far the story has been much more grounded it's much more focused yeah, on yeah it definitely technology has, yeah that air about it and so i'll be curious now i haven't thought about this till now but do you think venom is a creation or an alien in this version i think it's creation that's i think so too now that i'm thinking through it probably yeah alien yeah i think they could safely make that tweak and not not offend anybody say it was someone's like lab creation gone wrong instead of it's an alien symbiote yeah and i i only get that vibe because of how how they it was introduced it. The... yeah yeah um but i mean they could have found it as an alien and then started injecting it into people's right. veins but yeah yeah i i don't know it, i'm leaning towards creation right um yeah i think that'd be a, a pretty safe way to adjust the canon you know make it more their own yeah Yeah, it it is really cool to see how they've done it and like it's it's nice to know that like I don't know that you can just do your own version of Spider-Man and it's just as exciting as watching the Spider-Verse movies or reading the comics or yes. watching the MCU movies and like it's I feel like for some people it can get confusing, but I don't know. As long as it's clearly labeled, this is part of this and this is part of this. Right. Like I, I, I'm usually very excited to see like the next big, like Spider-Man thing and how people adapt it. Yeah. And Spider-Man, at least it's easier to track because all the different versions look and feel and and are in different mediums like they're very different like yeah. it's it's very obvious that insomniac spider-man is not like an adaptation of spider-man homecoming or whatever you know and it's very obvious that spider-verse is not a sequel to amazing spider-man 2 or whatever you know like they it's easy for them to look and feel very different and to identify, okay, this is this and this is this. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So, yeah. Just very excited it to is see what happens exciting, in the game. Yeah. So many storylines that they'll be able to explore. So exciting that we wanted to dedicate a whole episode to these two games, even though in one day, a lot of this information will become outdated. <laughs> uh wasn't it fun it was to know fun. what we were thinking before we knew yeah, yeah. and I, I think it paints a good context of how we'll be going into these games and right i think it's be good to follow up 
Yeah. All right. I have a segment, a game, if you will. Are you ready? I'm so ready. It's been a while since we've done a game, and I'm also curious how it's going to go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here we go. You're about to enter the courtroom of 8-bit Judge (laughs) Judas Shinelin. The people are real. The cases are real. The rulings are final. This is 8-bit Judge Judy. All right, so this is 8-bit Judge Judy. You typed that incredibly well. I'm very impressed. (laughs) Probably the stupidest game name we've ever done. Where I just said put eight bit in front of the word Judge Judy. <laughs> but it, it communicates so much yet yeah, brings up so many questions. It's, it's good. So I was I'm committing to this game, but I realize it would work better if Curtis was here. Because <laughs> I feel like someone needs to act as the judge. But I okay, here's how it's gonna work with just us two. I'm going to give you a prompt. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to give you either something from Mario or something from Spider-Man. I will actually be giving you both of these things. I'll give you two options. One from Mario, one from Spider-Man. And you will choose which one you want to defend in the court of 8-Bit Judge Judy. Um, And then I will be defending whatever you don't choose. And no one will be judging, so there will be no winner, but we're just going to debate these prompts. Okay. We'll let the listeners judge, and they can tell us yeah, in the feel Discord. feel free to be the judge, to be your own 8-bit Judge Judy. Um, so the first prompt... Who would be a better husband, Mario or Peter Parker? Oh, dang. (laughs) Choose who you want to defend. This is surprisingly difficult. (laughs) I think there's good arguments that they'd both be bad. (laughs) (laughs) The prompt is who would be better. Right. Um, <laughs> I okay. I want to defend Mario. All right. Why would Mario <laughs> be a better husband? I think I have one argument that kind of clinches it right out of the gate. I don't know how you're going to respond to this. Okay, I'm ready. Mario has always loved the same person it's always been peach it will always be peach peter parker has kind of strayed throughout the years he's okay. kind of played the field so i think mario would be better because he's loyal for 30 plus years at this point that's true <laughs> uh in order to debate i want to bring to attention the character of severus snape one of the creepiest men of all time who is obsessed with one Lily Potter. 
man, this is a good comeback. I see what you're saying. <laughs> I, I feel like Peter, yes, he's confused. He's young. He's figuring it out. But I feel like that's what dating is, is you've got to figure <laughs> it out. Uh, and then eventually you kind of learn your strengths and I don't know, you learn what, you know what I'm trying to say, how, how it will work all in the end. And you can kind of narrow down who's a good partner for you. Who are you a good partner for? Plus Peter Parker has a great body. Can't argue that. And it's just going to continue getting better because he's swinging on those ropes all day. So (laughs) that's my defense for Peter Parker. (laughs) Really good. All right. Next. So now it's left in the hands of the audience. You guys let us know. (laughs) Please decide. (laughs) Um. All right. Who is the better kind of friend, but kind of enemy? Wario. Or J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> well, I feel like I, I have to switch. I have to be J. Jonah Jameson this All right. time. Let's hear your defense. Are we specifically talking about J. Jonah Jameson in the games? Um, I did think about that. <laughs> I think you could just... You can choose J. Jonah Jameson as an entity because he's pretty similar. Yeah. I mean, he takes but... a big a big turn in the comics at some point in time. But right. I mean, overall, like... he is kind of a friend, kind of an enemy. Right. But you can but choose game... which version you want to you want to defend yeah well i I, i'm gonna stick with the games but it does make it harder because in the games you mostly just hear him yelling about you that is true i guess there is a moment where you actually interact like you like swing into his office i think i remember that happening you like save him Mm, yeah like burst through his office um but J. Jonah Jameson is a better kind of friend, kind of enemy, because he's his own person who is trying to articulate his own opinions. You know, he's he's trying to use, I mean, he's very emotional, but he's still trying to lay out an argument. So I think he's like a reasonable person. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's not going to just be pure evil. He is fighting for what he thinks is good he's just a little misguided whereas wario is literally just an evil version (laughs) uh and so i feel like j jonah jameson is is better because he's more of a of a complete character in his own right instead of just an evil inversion yeah that's all i got that's a good argument. <laughs> I will say that <laughs> if my name were Bad Ryan, I would ask you not to judge me <laughs> by my name alone. And or as it's sometimes pronounced, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you seen that video? <laughs> the the Ryan party thing? 
No, I don't get it. I'll I'll send it to you. It's very funny where they like they interview a bunch they like have a big party, everyone's named Ryan, they interview everybody, and everyone has the same consensus that they hate the name Brian because they often get confused <laughs> by being called Brian instead. Um but back to Wario. He starts off as Mario's enemy. But he's always down to just kind of hang out with Mario, play some sports, do some parties. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, and he doesn't really like act too kindly to Mario, but I feel like over time he's he's kind of lessened his his evil vendetta against Mario. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. He's he's kind of delved into his own. He here here's my real argument. In the WarioWare games, Wario has so many friends, and despite Wario screwing them over every single game, so he could become <laughs> rich, they come back every time and help him make the next game, and they seem to have some sort of great relationship with him. So there's something there. Yeah, it's a good point. Hey. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson has never played tennis with Spider-Man, as far as I know. <laughs> but I will say, just to put it out there, I do think J. Jonah Jameson is in my top five characters of all time list. <laughs> he is one of the best characters as far as I know. He is very fun. And uh, J.J. Simmons interpretation of him only adds to the rich lore of J. John Jameson. I, yeah, I agree. There's a reason they kept him even across Spider-Man franchises in the movies. It just, no one has done it better. <laughs> <laughs> I very much agree. All right. We're at two hours. <laughs> I have seven more of these, so we don't have to do them all, but <laughs> just tell me when you're bored or when you got to go. Okay, sounds good. All right. Who is the best animal companion? Yoshi <clears throat> or Spider Cat from Miles Morales? Miles Morales. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm taking Yoshi on this one. All right. I'll 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 go first this time. Yeah, go ahead. Spider Cat. Think of a real-life cat who is dressed as Spider-Man. And while you are fighting, jumps out of a backpack and swipes whoever you are fighting. <laughs> I, I rest my case. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> my main argument for Yoshi is you can't ride a cat. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. We need a judge you, you... because they would say ooh <laughs> yeah. on that one. <laughs> you, you can ride a Yoshi. And and Yoshi has a sticky tongue that becomes very useful at certain <laughs> key points. All right. And and Yoshi seems like mostly sentient, intelligent, like not just an animal. Mm. 
All right, those those are my arguments. All right, actually. great arguments, <laughs> I must say. All right, who is the better feminist icon, <laughs> Peach or Mary Jane Watson? Dang, dang, that is a very good question. Okay, well, I guess I'm taking Mary Jane because we're gonna keep with the switching. All right. And I go first this time. Uh, whatever you want to do. Uh, you went first twice, so I can go first Yeah, okay, twice. you go first. You All go right. first, yeah. So Peach and Mary Jane have very similar origins, but not entirely. Mary Jane might have started off a little bit more independent in her original iteration. Mm-hmm. But, and Peach maybe played more of the damsel in distress earlier on. But she's kind of become her own full-fledged character in as, as time has gone on and has really used her intelligence to kind of save the Mushroom Kingdom in the Mario movie. Um, mm-hmm. And she... I would argue is who really brings everything together together. Mario's just kind of like the best soldier that they had. Mm. Um, but in the games, uh, I feel like we're going to see a real evolution of Peach's character because last we heard, she decided she does not want to marry Mario, but needs to find herself and go travel the world and kind of learn with uh, her Cappy. I forget what the the Cappy that follows her around is called. Yeah, but, I can't remember. Um, And I really feel like she's uh, really coming into her own, just uh, learning more about herself. Who is Peach? What does she have to contribute to this world? And I say a lot. And maybe we'll get more glimpses into that in Princess Peach Showtime. Um, and yeah, that's that's my case for Peach. I mean, that's that's solid. I forgot about her storyline in Mario Odyssey, but that is feminist icon energy. We look to you, Peach. But let me tell you about Mary Jane. Especially Mary Jane as presented in the Insomniac universe, mm. which I feel like is especially feminist icon, uh, even more so than other interpretations of Mary Jane. Uh, Mary Jane in Insomniac's games is pretty much a superhero without powers. Uh, I mean, she's a playable character. She helps solve the problems uh, that Spider-Man even can't solve with her journalistic prowess. And what I think is especially feminist icon about this Mary Jane is she leaves and Peter follows her. She goes off on her work assignment and Peter goes with her on her work assignment, even though he's Spider-Man. And he leaves New York in the hands of Miles because he has to follow his girl to her work. 
that he's just kind of helping with. And I mean, that's that's the move of a feminist icon, making a superhero drop his plans and come with you to do your job. Well said. That's my case. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. What is the better place to live in? The Mushroom (laughs) Kingdom or New York with villains? (laughs) All right, I'm taking Mushroom Kingdom. (laughs) All right, defend yourself. (laughs) Uh... As we see, particularly in the Mario movie, which I guess we're bringing that in. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll allow it. The Mushroom Kingdom is is pretty much a utopia where anyone could get money by just punching a box in the street for as long as they need until they have enough money they need. Uh, and everyone lives pretty equally under the protection of the wise and powerful leadership of princess peach um and everyone lives kind of free to follow their own passions as we see some toads are guards uh some toads like captain toad treasure tracker gets to go off on adventures uh but like they're pretty cozy safe adventures they don't seem to be too too scary but still fun um so yeah like there's the occasional bowser break-in but even bowser break-ins seem pretty light-hearted usually and it's just like a game that bowser and mario and peach play together every now and then and then you know they resolve that and everyone's everyone's happy again so i think overall there's some shake-ups to the mushroom kingdom but it seems like a pretty cozy happy place for the vast majority of the time. All right. Here's what I'm going to (laughs) say. Even with villains, you can't deny that the water makes the bagels taste better. (laughs) You can't deny that slice of pizza you get right off the street. Mm, That's fair. You got Broadway shows. I mean, sure, there's there might be villains, but you've also got heroes. And in the Mushroom Kingdom, less technology, less uh, less comforts of living. People live in mushroom houses. <laughs> New York has real stuff. That's all. <laughs> That's all. That's, I rest I my mean, case. real real stuff is a strong <laughs> argument. All right. What is a better power-up? A fire flower or web shooters? <laughs> Dang. Uh, well, okay, I'm, I'm going with web shooters. Okay, I'll defend fire flower. So it's cool. I'll, I'll go first. Okay, I'm gonna, yeah, go ahead. Pretty cool that it's a flower that grows that alters you. And the only thing that can take it away from you is if 
you are hurt. And it event it it essentially, if you can get enough fire fire flowers, you can extend your life. Because if you just get hurt, you eat another fire flower, or you I don't really <laughs> know if he holds it or eats it, but <laughs> and then you have the added bonus of throwing a fireball, which in normal everyday life, I mean, what is better than man's greatest creation? Fire. Very many uses. <laughs> Dang, that is good. <laughs> All right. Is it my turn? Yeah. So the fire flower. <laughs> this is the stupidest is... game. <laughs> I love it. I love I'm loving every second of it. It may be good for offense for an attack. But consider the web shooter and its many uses. Okay. The web shooter can be an attack. The web shooter can be a I can't think of the right word, a pacifier. You know, you can web people up and stop them. Um so you don't have to hurt them. You can just stop them. The web shooter is a vehicle. It's a method of travel. Uh, the web shooter can create uh, new perches for Spider-Man as he creates a line across a room and then can stand on it to get new vantage points. Uh, as we've seen throughout the history of Spider-Man, the web shooter is just a truly multi-use very versatile tool all around that can achieve many different outcomes. Whereas I feel the fire flower is more limited in what it's able to achieve. That's it. That's my argument. Man. Some good arguments. <laughs> also apologies because you might've heard jingle bells during that. <laughs> and that was because oh, I see this is how you're turning the audience against me. <laughs> I I had to pull up the video uh, that had the 8-bit symphony number no. 5 by Beethoven just so I could make sure everyone knows that I used that from 8-bit universe on YouTube. Nice. I don't know if that saves us from any copyright infringement, but... <laughs> but good to give credit. Oh, it definitely says do not use this content without permission. Well, this is not monetized, so I think we're okay. All right, perfect. Um, all right. Which series has the better crossover? Ooh. Sports or Avengers team up? <laughs> okay, so I'm taking sports this time. All right. You, if you feel like you have a better argument, you don't have to alternate. But so far, it's worked out pretty well. Actually, right, cool. I've wanted to alternate. All right, you go first. Okay. the The Mario sports crossovers pretty much are the Avengers of the Mario universe. Like all all the powerful and best characters are all there. It just so happens that when they work together, 
there are no problems to solve. So the only thing left for them to do together are cool sports and, you know, just put on a show for all the toads and I think sometimes Goombas in the audience. Uh, it's everything the Avengers would ever hope to achieve. It's true peace and just chilling together, playing some sports. Um, so, yeah, they just don't need to solve big problems because there are none. They just want to play games together. The end. That's all I got. All right, well... This is a tough one. <laughs> Hopefully no lawyer ever says that when they're presenting the case. <laughs> right before they start the argument. Um, I mean, like you, you look up to these heroes and you yourself as a Spider-Man, you're like, how can I play with the big leagues? Am I in the big mm. leagues? They invited me. I guess I guess I am now. You get to hang out with your guys and girls and just like fight some bad guys. It's a I guess that's the argument is you are making a difference on this world when you team up with the Avengers. Mm. You're not just having fun in games. You're making a difference getting rid of an evil plot of some sort, make it the world a better place. I rest my case. All right. All right. All right. We got two more. Who is the best villain? Bowser or Dr. Octopus? Never really thought of them as similar, but now I am. They're not. But I was thinking, this is when I was thinking video game. <laughs> Right. So we'll we'll say best video game villain, Bowser or Dr. Octopus. Uh so I'm guessing you're taking Dr. Octopus since you've been alternating? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I'll I'm start just trying with, to... with Bowser. Okay, go ahead. Bowser. Big monster. If Bowser was real, that'd be very scary. Very threatening to see this giant turtle dinosaur man come to life. He shoots fire. He has the same success rate as any other villain. Which means he always loses at the end. But I would argue when he decides to kidnap someone, he kidnaps them a very long time before Mario comes and beats him. So he's pretty good at what he does. <laughs> as far as the villain goes, you yeah. know, one of the one of the better track records. The end. The end. Okay. Well, Consider this. Considering. Doc Ock is clearly 
light years ahead in intelligence over Bowser. I don't think anyone could argue otherwise. <laughs> uh, and Doc Ock is kind of the best of both worlds. He's he's a human villain, but he seems like a a monster because he's created a technology that that makes him both monstrous and human at the same time. So he's he's a big scary octopus, but he's also a big scary evil genius. Um and as mentioned earlier in the podcast, Doc Ock has has become Spider-Man in some versions of the story. So that that's got to count for something. Um that's pretty good outcome for a villain not just defeat your nemesis but become them and in your own opinion become a better version of them right it's <laughs> pretty good yeah i think that's all i got all right okay final one and if you need extra context i will give it to you Wait, one one thing. Oh, please. I'm now I'm I'm now trying to imagine Professor Bowser and I kind of really like that image. I think that's a thing that should happen. I agree with that. I would love that. Or just like in a similar vein, Bowser's dad. Yes. I feel like that's that's a character we need. Yeah, we've got baby Bowser. Now we need to go up a generation. Yeah. Um, okay, so once again, if you need the extra context, let me know. The most tragic death, Rosalina's mom or Uncle Ben? Oh, man. I don't know enough about Rosalina's mom, so I think I have to go with Uncle Ben. Okay, well, here's here's the story of Rosalina's mom. You find out her backstory in Super Mario Galaxy where she meets Aluma and they rebuild a spaceship and search for uh, the Luma's mother, not Rosalina's. Mm -hmm. And so they go travel and Rosalina start to, uh, starts to miss her mom. But the Luma and Rosalina kind of like start building their home together uh, where kind of Mario Galaxy takes place. Um, and then she kind of like gets a kinship with the Lumas. And then they're constantly like observing comets. And she eventually sees a hundred. And then she that kind of reminds her of her own home. And then she starts to feel upset and sick, uh, homesick. Um, and then she realizes that she needs to, she's been gone for so long that she needs to come to terms with the fact that her own mother is dead. And she feels like guilty about that. But the Loomis uh, convince her that her mother will always be a part of her. Um, 
that's kind of the gist of it. I botched that a lot, but I guess I'll I'll defend that. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean It's a it's a they can be construed as similar stories. R Rosalina made a rash decision. And in a way I don't know, that that realization when you make a rash decision and then later on you're like what have I done? It can eat at a person. Mm. Um, and I don't know like in a way Peter's decision caused a death but Rosalina she just straight up was like I don't know is it worse to just like never hear from someone again and not even know what's happening to them and to die without that knowledge and just kind of like wonder like have it be an unresolved mystery I think so <laughs> <laughs> okay okay is it my turn yes present your case yeah so I'm going to go with the opposite of your case basically okay. <laughs> And I'm going to say, like, Peter has to live every day with the knowledge of his mistakes caused this tragedy. And in the games, it's even worse because he had to make, I mean, huge spoilers for Spider-Man PS4. So, final warning to any listeners. But in Spider-Man PS4, he also had to make this choice to stop the Devil's Breath Plague, or whatever they called it. <clears throat> Basically, he had to choose to save all of New York versus saving Aunt May. So, his choices led to the death of both Aunt May and Uncle Ben. And those two choices kind of enhanced the depth of each other, because one was heroic and one was selfish, but both were tragic. And so every day, now he's fueled by both of those. And it just drives him to be a hero because the tragedy is so deep the the response must be so strong and so enduring so i think it is worse to know definitively that you caused or at least didn't prevent the death that you could have tragedy there you go that's all i got Wow. Well, listeners at home, 
make yourselves the 8-bit Judge Judy. Let us know <laughs> who won each argument. Um, Cast your vote now. Yeah, Curtis, if you're listening next episode, feel free to weigh in on who won. Sorry to 8-Bit Universe for using your song illegally. I wanted to make my own, but I did not have time. I was I was just very surprised to look up the theme to Judge Judy and realize all she just uses is Beethoven's Fifth Symphony as her theme song. I did not know that. Yeah, there's a, there's like some drums going on. It's like a remixed version of it, but I was like, how could I make this video games? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, there you go. That was Ape Judge Judy. And An another top tier game from Ryan Sweetman. <laughs> that one that one might come back. But we'll see. Yeah. It would I think Curtis will, will want to participate for sure. Yeah, we'll we'll have to figure out the theme version of it, but we definitely have to do the intense thing. I also didn't i i only put the word 8-bit in there and said the people are real the cases are real the rulings are final <laughs> and then we talked about fictional characters for the whole time beautiful well that's our episode uh please join our discord the episode or the link to our discord is in our episode description um, you can also email us at chancetimepodcast at gmail.com. I haven't checked that for a while. Um, but still email us, and we'll eventually read your emails. Look at that. Um, and I, I think that's that's pretty much it. So... Of of course, we have to say have a happy chance time day. Thank you for coming to see James. Have a happy chance time day. Yeah, with great chance time comes great chance time ability. And great wonder. And great wonder. <laughs>